0: This is Reaching the Finish Line, and I'm your host, Callan Diggs. Check out the website, www.reachingthefinishline.com, and pick up my free report, save up to 75% what they don't want you to know, reachingthefinishline.com. on On Nassar El-Arabi. Uh, Nassar is a successful real estate investor and also the owner of realestateduru.com. He was a corporate failure. Uh, before he uh, started investing in real estate uh, since 2007, but he discovered creative real estate in 2010 after reaching after reading Rich Dad Poor Dad, and ever since then uh, he's been a stunning success in real estate. So, talk about your college experience, uh, Nassar. How how was that like? You know, did you enjoy it? I know it was only a semester, but w- what was that experience for you?
1: Um. Well, I went to that particular school a semester. I um. I went to a um, another. Um, I, I I've, I've I went to another school after that back in New Jersey called William Passing University. So after the second semester at a different school, I realized my GPA was a point six, and I was like, man, I gotta get my life together because I'm getting these uh mm-hmm. these loans. I I was like, well, since I'm getting these um these loans, let me go to community uh college and see if it's for me so i went to community college and that's when um back at home in new jersey that's when i discovered my my uh passion which was uh mm. real estate and um i mean school was just barely getting by like i cheated all mm-hmm. through college like, i got just buying mm-hmm. college
0: Yeah, it's interesting um uh, because uh I've talked to a lot of people, and college is not for everybody, and that's something that um, I talk about uh, reaching the finish line, of the book I wrote. Uh, but you know, a lot of times we've grown up for it to be forced down our throat. You know, people say, "Oh, you know, parents give us the old same advice: you go to college, you know, graduate from college, you can get a safe and secure job." Well, we live in a time where that's not the case anymore. We live in a time uh, where uh, the, un- the unemployment rate is uh, skewed; is only a half truth uh, because. They they don't count people like uh, people who've uh, you know stopped looking for work only jobs they can get uh, with with a, with a degree is Walmart or or working at McDonald's. So uh, at, at the same time, people don't want to be employees. Some people want to work for themselves, and and. Uh, and for the most part, uh, colleges teach you how to work for someone else. And there's nothing wrong with that. Some people love their jobs. Some people want to have careers and work for I mean, if you, if you can find that ideal career and there's some companies that step in their game up as far as providing a great work environment, then that's fine. But uh, college is not a one size fits all. What interests you in real estate? Was it a book you read? Was it, uh, you know, talk about that.
1: Well basically what, what what happened was um my, I heard my father talking to the neighbor about the guy next door who bought the house to his next door he um that he bought it for 150,000 put 20,000 into it and sold it for 270. So at the time I'm like 19 I'm like wait a 100,000 mm-hmm. dollars. And then on top of that I seen the owner pull up one day he had like the brand new Range Rover from whatever year it was mm-hmm. and with the, with the beautiful model chick hop out the side so I was like whoa, I got to do real estate. Mm-hmm. So um, at, at that point, I was just sold. Like, I, I got to do real estate, you know. And um, I, of course, at that time, I was young and I knew everything and uh, I didn't properly research things. So with that being said, I went to ask people who don't do real estate how to get in real estate. And my father told me, like, hey, look, a friend of mine fixes credit. And then we, I started, you know, working on my credit and things like that so I can buy real mm-hmm. estate. Someone at my job told me about a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that book pretty much changed my life. And from there, I joined my local career. And one of the things he, he did in there that saved say my life was basically, he, um, Robert Kisaki said, just because you own four houses does not make you an expert. Just because you um, own uh, stocks does not make you an expert. You have to learn about real estate investing before um actually investing. Just because you own some stocks, um, you have to learn about stocks first before mm-hmm. you know investing in stocks. So I'm like, whoa, I missed the whole mm-hmm. step. I never learned about real estate. So I joined ARIA and that's when I discovered Great. something called host. Great. Zone.
0: So um so you joined ARIA. uh and, and for people who don't know what ARIA is, describe that. What is ARIA? A RIA? Uh, RIA is
1: um real estate. Uh, investing Association—that's what it stands for, Real Estate Investing Association—and you can find your local RIA at nationalria.com. Or also um, now there are plenty of um, you know real estate investing clubs, so you can go on Meetup.com yeah and find yeah, them as well.
0: Great, great. So uh, from the RIA, you know from your experience work with that, what were the benefits? What were the experiences that you gathered for being a part of the RIA?
1: One of the benefits, um, like being around successful investors, being around people who are doing it, you know, asking people questions. When people keep seeing you come around and they see that you're serious about it, Mm -hmm. people will be more than willing to help you. And what I did was, see, I served them first. I didn't go in there and just say, hey, let me, hey, be my mentor, be my coach. Hey, do this, do that for me. Hey, me, 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 me. No, I went in there Mm -hmm. and I volunteered for two years straight. So I volunteered for two years straight. And got everything um, taken care of. I'm that glad way. you
0: brought that up, Nassar. Um, Talk about the importance of service, because yes. a lot of people have that. I mean, there's uh, for you know, for me, uh, you know, you know, whether it's real estate or whether it's uh, people who want to uh, people who want to you know have a very successful blog or uh, you know, I kind of help people try to I try try help people you know develop uh, successful entrepreneur business. Everyone have these different niches, but it's the the principle is the same thing, and that principle is is if you want people to help you then you have to you have to be of service and that's something that you brought up talk about that why you shouldn't approach the relationship putting your needs first
1: when you um when when i was in the corporate america situation and everybody would be trying to get something out of everybody trying to meet with that manager take that manager lunch until that manager gets to the point of them ignoring them and the reason why because they're getting 30 people trying to email me the pick them brand and everyone's trying to get the hookup so with that with that being said um if everyone's trying to get the the hookup um that person's like they just shut down completely however when you take an approach of hey what could I do for you hey can I help out here okay yeah I, I I'll do this for you I do that for you you know then the relationship start to open. It probably won't open up for, um you know, it might take more than three or six months. But, I mean, this this business is a long-term game. So, with that being said, uh, when I went in and started volunteering people, people would just, like, they would just offer me stuff. Like, that's how I met my mentor because he kept seeing me come around. And he said, man, I always see you come around to the meetings. Hey, look, you want me to mentor you? And and then that's how, you know, he did it. and he, But he seen me doing stuff.
2: David Hancock, and I'm quite sure many of you probably know who he is. Uh, He's the founder of Morgan James Publishing. Uh, He's the chairman of Guerrilla Marketing International, and he has co-authored 12 books, including uh, Guerrilla Marketing for Writers, The Entrepreneurial Author, and Performance-Driven Thinking. Uh, Also, Morgan James has also been highlighted on the Publishers Weekly uh, Independent Publishers for, I believe, three years in a row. Uh, NASDAQ cites David as one of the world's most prestigious business leaders, and is reported to be the future of publishing. David also serves on the executive board for Habitat Humanity and is chairman of the board of the National Center for the Prevention of Community Violence.
3: But it wasn't until I discovered a single book, and it was a book that changed my life and a relationship that ended up changing my life, and the book was called Guerrilla Marketing. By the time I discovered it, it was already in its third edition, and I had never heard of it before. i never heard of the author, Jay Levinson. i never heard of the concept, Gorilla Marketing. I mean, he had already sold 15 million books, and I was like, who is this guy? You know, I had no idea. But when I got the book, I opened it and read it, a lot of great stories, and I realized, wow, I'm a gorilla and just didn't know it. And literally what that means, Callan, is just doing the unconventional things to gain the conventional goals. Or another way of saying it is a uh, Leveraging your time, your energy, and your imagination in in relationships instead of your bank account to make things happen. In fact, uh, to prove the point, I I worked for a bank who had basically an unlimited ad budget, but I didn't spend any money on advertising because it just didn't work. I was doing other things that was way more profitable for me, and um, that's part of the reason why my boss loved me. Uh, But it was just kind of thinking outside the box. So in Jay's book, Guerrilla Marketing, um, as I discovered that I was a gorilla and didn't realize it, I, he also opened up the door to hire him as a coach. And I figured, man, this guy knows a lot more than I do, and he's very, very passionate around the same thing as I am. Let me hire him as a coach to see if I could figure out ways to do more, earn more, and reach more. And sure enough, uh, he coached me. And he basically told me lots of things, but the three things that really kind of stand out to me, he said, David, if, a <laughs> big old if, if you wanted to Charge more and negotiate less. Who? I mean, who doesn't, right? He said, right. if you're to charge more and negotiate less, you've got to keep doing what you're doing. But you need to add one more thing. I'm like, sign me up, whatever that is, tell me what it is. But he didn't tell me yet. But he went on to tell me that, uh, he said, David, if you wanted to have those people, that would never give you the time of day. You know, those, those, those clients that you wish you could work with, if you wanted them to start banging on your door to start giving you business, you've got to keep doing what you're doing but you have to add one more thing. And by this point, I'm like, dude, tell me what the heck this thing is. You know, I want to know. (laughs) But he went on to tell me, he said, David, and if you wanted to have the media call you, when something happened in your space, you've got to keep doing what you're doing and add one more thing. And at this point, I'm ready to strangle the guy. I mean, I loved him, but I was like, dude, what is this one thing? Tell me, you know, shut up and give me some money. (laughs) So he basically said, you need to write a book. And I just did not get it. I didn't. I literally laughed out loud, thought he was joking with me. I hope I didn't insult him because I loved his book, but I just didn't see it for me. I I literally just, you know, just didn't get it. And he very lovingly, patiently calmed me down and, and, and helped me understand very few simple things. He said, David, all these seminars you've been going to have all been based on books. All these home study courses you've been taking and, and implementing, they've all been based on books. And all these books you've been reading, well, uh, they've been books. So I realized, uh, yeah, he's a lot smarter than me, and I should probably listen. So he said that I should write a book, and he kind of gave me just a you know, 10,000-foot view on how to do that. And then I ended up writing an outline and, and figured you know, if I could sit down with somebody and, and they'd give me 20, 30 minutes to share my top 10 things I know about whatever the heck I'm doing – That'd be a good thing, and I ended up putting an outline together, and ended up plugging some information, and writing a few pieces, and ended up getting a book done. I didn't realize that was a hard thing to do, and believe it or not, I ended up getting it published by a New York House. Didn't realize that was a hard thing to do either. It must have just been you know the right timing, the right opportunity, or you know the the, the mortgage business was booming. It's just nobody in my area had written a book. You know, it was just uh, all the right things just happened at the right time, uh-huh. and it was one of the worst experiences. I had ever gone through, Cal, it really was. I was the least important part of the process. I lost all control over everything. I had no involvement in the process at all. I didn't even like the book when we got it, but it worked. It literally doubled my income. And, again, I was already making well into six figures, but doubled my income. The only thing that I was doing different from yesterday and the next day was yesterday I was a successful hustler in a good way, and the next day I was a recognized authority. And sure enough, I stopped negotiating my fees, and I doubled all my fees. And sure enough, people that would never give me the time of day were starting to beg to get on my calendar, and I had to swallow my pride and talk to them because I wanted their money. And sure enough, when something happened in the mortgage industry, which was often, um, they called me because I was the only local Yahoo in the area that wrote a book. <laughs> it was yeah. it was laughable. It really was. Um, and I said to myself, Wow. This book is a powerful tool. It really was. And Jay was right. This is amazing. But the process really was miserable. When I said I lost all control, I had no input in the final title. I had no input in the cover. didn't even like the book. But the thing that really hurt me the most was chapters 3, 7, and 9 weren't even mine. And I didn't know it until I got the book. And they were good, but it wasn't me who wrote it, but they thought it needed to be in the book. And I had to learn whatever it was. I don't remember now what it was, but I remember those chapters were being – I had to kind of, you know, freshen up my memory on what they added to the book. So I thought to myself, you know, well that worked out really cool. That was that was nice, but that was a miserable process. But but it worked. So I thought maybe if I convinced Jay to co-author a book with me, maybe it would be better. Maybe it would be maybe it was just me. Maybe I was just not big enough, you know. And the book did well. Um, so I ended up convincing Jay to co-author a book with me. We ended up writing a book together called Guerrilla Marketing for Mortgage Brokers, and that one had a much better title. We ended up getting it published, and uh, we were able to keep the title. Um, but we still had, a, you know, not a great experience. And he said, this is just what publishing is. And, and I, I refused to accept it. Um, we had no input in the cover, uh, or very little input in the cover. You know, the final content of the book was pretty much ours, but they still kind of fought us on terms and terminologies. And it just, it wasn't, you know, as fun as it could have been. But I ended up selling 40,000 copies to the bank I worked for. So that was that was really good. But I still didn't like that process. But I became still even more you know fascinated with the power of this book it was from a girl marketing terminology perspective it was the single most powerful weapon in my arsenal that i could that i could have ever used even you know learning my competitors products even to creating value and adding relationship the book was the the biggest door opener for me it was it was funny
0: do you want to start reaching the finish line then start with a free audiobook go to reachingthefinishline.com and scroll to the bottom of the page to click on the Audible banner to get your free audiobook. You may not have a lot of free time, but you can definitely listen to a book on a plane, on the bus, or even while you're driving. Go to ReachingTheFinishLine.com and scroll to the bottom of the page to click on the Audible banner to get your free audiobook. Start Reaching the Finish Line with your free audiobook.
2: I think, uh, I, th- I think is uh, very important. Uh, one thing you said uh, earlier is about how a book gives you authority. But uh, I think probably one of the things that I always want to know is, well, with all with this huge influx of books, now when it comes to self-published books and all these e-books flooding the market, and now being that it's so much easier to write a book, does that take away from the authority that an author has?
3: You know, I don't. I don't think it does. Um, I mean, for centuries, any, anybody could say anything they want to, and they could scribble it down on, on a tablet. The thing that I think adds the biggest value to to getting a book published is that third-party um, endorsement from a from a publisher or that broader distribution, so people can can find you. But also, it's just a perception thing from the mindset of the consumer. I'm a huge fan of self-publishing, over doing nothing at all, so it still works very very powerful. But it's like one of those, those secret mind tricks. You know, when, you, when, when people learn that you're an author, they immediately start to respect, Well, this guy's got to know what they're talking about. This girl's got to know what they're talking about because, you know, they went through what they wish they could do because 80% of the population says they want to write a book, but, you know, only a small percentage does uh, growing, but even a small percentage actually goes through with it. So there's a big, powerful weight behind just getting a book out.
0: Peter Sage is an international uh, best-selling author. Uh, He's also the founder of of Space Energy, which is basically a space-based solar program. It's something that I've actually uh, written about in in my article, How to Identify the Entrepreneur Within You. Uh, I wrote that for the Goodman Project, the award-winning magazine, and where I included Peter in that article. So you can definitely find that there on Um uh, Peter is also a serial entrepreneur and he also uh, runs a business school uh, that he does quite often in South Africa and he has a new book uh, that's coming out uh, in the late of this year and it's called I Am I'm definitely looking forward to that
4: We, we live in a society that has the it, it's been more conditioned to certainty than any other time in human history Mm-hmm you know, we get ill, uh, then yeah, you know, we go to the doctor and expect to get an antibiotic to, to treat what it is that we've got. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we get hungry, we go down to the shop and buy some food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, these two things alone have only been around for our generation. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, my parents had rations in the war. Mm-hmm. You know, only the turn of the last century was penicillin discovered. The children growing up into an environment that has so much certainty, take it for granted. And they've never been tested. You know, they've never been tested in, in the reality of life, which says that certainty doesn't exist in nature. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there, there is no such thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, apart from, as you quite rightly point out, death and taxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, you know, from, from that side, you know, learning to embrace levels of uncertainty is really a primary skill. And I say it's a skill because it's something you develop. It's not something you tend to be born with. I mean, yes, we do have a comfort zone. But that comfort zone when it comes to certainty and uncertainty is far more environmentally conditioned rather than genetically conditioned Mm -hmm. because of our our usual reaction to circumstances. Just like the human body is conditioned, you could have good genetics, but if you don't go to the gym – and you go to McDonald's, you're going to have a different result. <laughs> yeah? So, you know, there's there's a situation where, if you have a environment that tests you, you know, we say the strongest trees don't grow in the best soil; they grow in the strongest winds. Mm-hmm. You yeah? you have people that get over the 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 number one pro- fear, which is the fear of death, mm-hmm. for most people. And people say it's the most you know, paramount biological imperative is to avoid the fear of death, um, mm-hmm. but you have people that have gone through a near death experience and let go of that fear and they have a very different outlook on life nothing in their life changes in terms of the story of their life but how they look at the story of their life shifts and then everything shifts mm. so you know if i could ask the listeners on the call right now who here has had something in their life that they felt certain about whether it was a job whether it was a relationship whether it was a deal whether whatever it was only to have it taken away in a heartbeat mm. and virtually everybody on listening to this, I'm sure could relate to a situation like that. So ask yourself, where does certainty exist? It doesn't. And therefore you come to the conclusion that the people that I've studied, that the happiest or not of the happiest that live the most fulfilling or rewarding lives, or have easier access to fulfillment, joy or freedom, emotional freedom are people who have learned to have a higher ability to handle uncertainty mm. because uncertainty is ever-present. Certainty is an illusion. It doesn't exist. Get over it, mm-hmm. you know? But the, the, the condition or reaction to uncertainty is usually driven by the media into making you freak out about it. Mm-hmm. It's sensationalized. It's hyped up. It's, you know, oh, one sniper, you know, is on the loose and two million people panic about it. Mm -hmm. Oh, look, one aircraft goes down. Well, something you could board an aircraft on today's statistics randomly every single day for the next 32,000 years and be okay. But, oh, Mm -hmm. no, I'm not flying that airline because their safety record is two out of the last 2,000 flights uh, have had something wrong with them, Mm -hmm. or whatever it may be. So we get oversensitized to uncertainty and therefore we start to lie to ourselves that we can't handle it when the truth is we can but we've been conditioned to be in a cotton wool society that says oh well if this happens then oh my god what do i do i need somebody to come and fix it no mm-hmm. I, it nulls our resourcefulness and it basically looks at gift in the mirror and says that you're not good enough to be able to handle this when the truth is you can right so peter in my book, reaching the finish
0: line, you know, I try to help people uh, reach the finish line in their careers. And uh, you know, for some people, you know, they want to be employees. For other people, they want to be entrepreneurs. Kind of, you know, kind, people have kind of found what's going to be a good fit for them. Uh, but a lot of people uh, place a strong emphasis on college. You know, they go to college because uh, they believe that you know, if they get a college degree, that's going to be their ticket to uh, financial security. The problem with that is, especially here in the States, is uh, unemployment uh, among college grads, whether it's undergraduate or postgraduate, continues to go up. And uh, it has. And since the Great Recession, it has not gone down. Despite, you know, despite here in the States, uh, if they're saying that the economy uh, has came to a full recovery, uh, you know, a lot of people are skeptical of, of, of statements like that. And um, and looking at this, looking at the stats... Um, the unemployment rate among those grads has continued has continued to go up overall so that begs to ask me uh, ask you Peter uh, you know we all know that they are looking for certainty that you know they're going to college because they are looking for certainty but yeah. I guess what the question is what can they do to slowly transition
4: from certainty to uncertainty? Well the first step is to wake up mm-hmm. You know the, the the college deal or the the overall um, myth that was put out, which was very relevant in a twentieth, an early twentieth century, yeah, educational model, which was mm-hmm. the more education I have, the more money I will earn. Well, you've already you know demonstrated that there's a lot of people that bought into that that are now regretting the fact that they did. Mm -hmm. For those that do go to college, and luckily I never suffered the disadvantage of that, but for those that do go to college and graduate, they they have some level of of personal significance because they're externally validated because they've got a piece of paper by uh, uh, an institution that basically says that they're smart. Mm -hmm. And that would be okay if you're following and studying something you're passionate about that you then want to go out and express as a a way to engage in life is to give your gift that Mm -hmm. I fully and a 1000% endorse. Mm -hmm. But if you're picking a college course based upon how much certainty you think you'll have of succeeding so that you can get a degree, so you can stand in front of an employer and wave a piece of paper that says you're worth more now. then I'm sorry, you are just sadly mistaken in today's 21st century reality that Mm -hmm. doesn't work. Yeah. People by people, not resumes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you know, if you and if you're conditioned to thinking you need that certainty, and when you graduate, you still don't feel certain. And the people that graduate, the statistics will show time and time again, yeah, you know, rarely even enter into a career remotely associated to what it is that they studied in college. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Right? Uh, here in um, the states, Peter, uh, only twenty-seven percent of college graduates are actually in a career that they went to that's related to their uh, major.
4: And how long for?
0: yeah and if, if, if for them if for them is for them could be anywhere between 4 to 6 years depending yeah. on if they got bachelor's or masters
4: yeah and 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 if that you know so you yeah. know i okay so i, I go into a, a field of study i've just spent or 4 years of my life you know learning about and yet you know, within a period of months uh, if not a short period of years most of them are off on something else mm-hmm. and not just that where's the guarantee in today's moving society that what you're studying right now won't be obsolete by the time you graduate
0: mm mm-hmm. mhm Yeah, because we're definitely in the information age, and uh, you know things are constantly changing, and you know we're we're definitely living in an ever-growing era of society, and and you know there's no guarantee that by the time you graduate with a particular degree that it's going to be relevant for the next uh, eight to ten to twenty years. But I like I like I like what you brought up, Peter, about you know as far as when you said about the whole passion and tying it to college, and where I agree if a person is really passionate about let's say teaching they're very passionate about teaching, well, they're going to be a teacher anyway because they're passionate about teaching. They love it. They enjoy it. They're thriving on it. But if it's just someone that's going to college, that's just expecting a bigger paycheck, and like you said, that's waving in front of the, of the employer and say, I'm worth more, then yeah, they're going to be very disappointed. So um, I don't want people to think, uh, the pe- people that's listening to this, I want people to think that uh, you know I discount college because college can be valuable.
4: Yeah, of course. It's it's a it's a you know, very simple formula. If you are chasing certainty, you will chase you know, your tail. Uh, and in terms of unfulfillment, because you cannot uh, you cannot achieve a, a sense of personal satisfaction if you take the path of, or oh, what do I think will be the easiest path to take to get me where I think I want to go? Life doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Now, you know if you're following, say you're following your passion, then you don't mind going through the obstacles and, and having the persistence and, and swimming around the the, the 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 setbacks. That That's part of the game. It's part of the, the, the tapestry of, of life at that point. But mm-hmm. if, you, if you're saying, well, okay, what do I want to study? It's, and, and let's give a business example here. Yeah, let's okay. say you, you have a, a, a girl who is a manageress of a hair salon. And so, yeah, she knows everything about running the hair salon. she never sees the owner because the owner's opening her yeah fourth salon somewhere else. And she thinks, you know something i I anybody could run a business. Yeah, you know, I manage everything here. And I listen to that voice in my head because it, it says, you know, I should be captaining in my own ship, and I'm gonna do it. i'm I'm gonna embrace the uncertainty. I'm gonna take the leap, and I'm gonna go start my own business. And yeah, she takes action, which is you know, most people don't do, but she does. Now, here's the question. What business do you think she'll start? Probably a hair salon. Yeah. Now, here's the best question to ask. Why? Is it because she's passionate about cutting hair or because she thinks that that will give her the most chance of success because that's what she's most certain she can do?
0: Well, for most people, she's thinking that that's what's most certain that she can do. Absolutely.
4: So here's what happens. That's the first fundamental mistake. So now we go and we're Going down the path of certainty in business, which every mm-hmm. business owner and entrepreneur will tell you, you know, the the time it takes for something to show up in business that wasn't on the business plan is around about thirty six seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, it just it doesn't exist. So, mm-hmm. so when uncertainty shows up, as it will predictably, then psychologically, she started that business because she was following certainty. Now uncertainty shows up the decisions that she makes unconsciously as to what she does next with her behavior are driven by a need to replace that uncertainty with more certainty. Do you follow? Mm -hmm. So she doesn't do what is required to be working on the business. She starts doing what she's most certain about, which is working more in the business. So she starts cutting more hair Mm -hmm. or or doing uh, restock take or whatever it is that she knows she has more certainty on how to do because she's made the fundamental mistake that says that just because she understands how to do the technical work of the business, that that would qualify her to run a business that does that technical work, and that doesn't happen. She's not even an entrepreneur. She's she's more of a technician that you know had an you know, entrepreneurial fantasy one day and decided to, to swing the bat. Now that's nothing against this girl. She's already you know she swung the bat, but now you know, that doesn't solve the problem working in the business never solves the problems that are required to be you know, cause you to work on the business.
0: you know let people know uh, kind of you know what you're currently working on um, and how people could follow you
4: Well my, my website is Petersage.com and you know, I'm spending most of my time right now uh, apart from putting the book together uh, teaching what I'm passionate about which is obviously my philosophy post development and business. Um, I'm running a, a three-day uh, millionaire business school, which I, I do around the world. I say, I've just done one in Johannesburg. We're doing one in London next month. Uh, check my website for mm-hmm. details. It's an incredible three-day experience that I've designed to take people through an entire process of redesigning themselves, reinventing themselves to a place of abundance, and then giving them all the tools, techniques on how to go start a business that or improve the <laughs> business they've got to create the financial abundance that supports that. And it's a, it's a transformational three-day program. I'm very proud of it. It's, it's, uh, uh, it's my favorite three-day event that I teach. But I, I'm, I'm doing a lot more around the world now. Uh, again, please follow me on either Facebook or Twitter. I'm always trying to put out as much value as I can and give people uh, as much information as I can, my YouTube account. Uh, for example, has a, a ton of stuff on there for people. But please go to my website, register your interest, and I'll send you a lot of um, things that I think will help not only with the certainty and uncertainty trap, but also uh, a lot of other ways that I, I want to add value, whether it's personal abundance, business, um, yeah, understanding psychology, being able to be ready so that the, the teacher will appear, and, and much more.
0: Peter, I am so glad that you came on. Uh, thank you for being our guest and Reaching the Finish Callan, Line. Callen, it's
4: an absolute pleasure. You're doing amazing work, my friend. Please keep up you know, the uh, the great job that you're doing and inspiring other people. And thank you for the opportunity to share.
0: Thank you for listening. Just another great episode by Callen Digs, bestselling author and career strategist as seen at Seen a Fast Company and Inc. Magazine. If you're not on the email list, you're missing out. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and subscribe to get all the exclusives.